It's the right versus the left in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's liberal activist Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. Good afternoon, New York. Chris Hahn and Curtis Lewa coming to you live from the greatest city on earth. Right here on 77-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. If you want to be part of the national conversation with Curtis and I, pick up the phone and give us a call, 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Curtis Slewa. So already we have a disagreement. You say the greatest city in the world. The Midtown is empty. It's abandoned. Man, There's nobody here. Hold on a minute. I drove in from Long Island, as I do on a Sunday afternoon. And it took me about 25 minutes to find a parking spot. People everywhere. I think we. I, I think you're coming from the west side. I came in from the east side. No, I, no, I came in from the neck, Torog's neck. And I want to give a <laughs> salute to all the patriots who showed up for the annual Veterans Day parade down East Tremont. It's a grand gathering. A lot of Democrats, Republicans together. It's a rare yeah. opportunity. Kind of like to us here together. today, uh, coming together, talk politics. And, and I showed fun. up with my broken wing. Everyone appreciated that with some guardian angels. And they said, hey, where's AOC all out crazy? Where's, where's the mayor-elect, Eric Adams, and the mayor that we hope can't leave soon enough, Bill de Blasio? <laughs> but other than them not being there, it was really a great occasion. Well, it's great to salute our veterans. I know uh, Veterans Day was Thursday, and I, I you know, my grandma father served in World War II. I am not a veteran. Of course, I volunteer with Building Homes for Heroes, which is a great charity that builds uh, mortgage-free homes for veterans returning uh, who've lost limbs from Iraq and Af- Afghanistan. Uh, and I appreciate all the work you've done over oh, the years. And, for and you are a veteran of talk radio. In fact, I have a listing here of all the partners in talk radio <laughs> I've had in 30 years and all of my ex-wives. Yes. Now, I've had more partners than ex-wives. <laughs> but you're at, actually in the top of the list, Chris. I, I, this is like my third round with you. I yes. think I used to sub in for Kubi. Then during COVID, you and I did a bunch of shows, which I thought, by the way, were some of the best shows I've yes, ever done. Were. I think they, you and you I do is very some- good, very quick, and most importantly, you've got a quick wit and a very entertaining way, not just giving your dogma, your ideology, <laughs> but you're also very entertaining, which is what I've always said. Talk radio is theater of the mind, and you get it. I, I, you I, understand that. I agree, and I think that's, by the way, I keep telling people, like, well, Curtis Lewa, Curtis Lewa. So the, I think, no, Curtis Lewa is a funny guy. He is a great radio host, and this, this station is so lucky to have you back, and I am looking forward to having a lot of fun talking politics with you. We'll go at it, but I always do it with love, and I want to start. By talking about the year you just had and what a year it was. You ran for mayor of the city of New York. I'm not going to rip you today about it. I think if we have a long career in radio together, I'll have plenty of ribbings to do. But I have a lot of respect for people who are willing to put themselves on the line and put their name on the ballot and say, hey, here are my ideas to run this city. The toughest job other than the president of the United States, probably in the world, running the city of New York. And you were willing to do that. It was a crazy year. You know, just give me, I mean, how does it feel today? I mean, you were out there, you ran, you ran hard. Uh, you didn't just give up. Some people are like Republican. You can't win in this city, and you haven't even really been a Republican most of your career. But how did it feel to you to be out there in the mix? Just typical of what my whole life has been. You know, the odds were uh, stacked against me. It was like David versus Goliath. Remember, this is the first campaign in my memory of sixty-seven years, in which there was already a preordained winner. Whoever would win the Democratic primary would be the mayor of the city of New York. And Eric Adams, after a few tries with ranked choice voting, which I was a supporter of when I was the New York State Reform Party chairman, uh, eventually eked out a victory yep. uh, and then became anointed as the mayor. <laughs> wasn't even like, OK, he's in the general election. Curtis Lee, not a person of no consequence in New York City. But, oh, he's got no chance. And then having to go through a bruising Republican primary just to get that opportunity. Yeah in which most of the Republican leaders were against me. Uh, Well, you weren't a Republican until a year ago. That's why Fernando (laughs) Mateo, my my opponent, spent $2 million. I can understand why they're like, hey, you know, this guy wasn't a Republican, and now he's saying, you know, just kind of like Bloomberg. No, no, I'm just saying, and I never argued against the $2 million that were dumped on my head in the last two weeks of the primary campaign. In fact, some of my most fervent supporters said, wow, you're going to lose this, because he's saying, you're not a Republican, you're a never-Trumper. I said, look. If 42 years of service in this city isn't good enough, I need to go get a job hanging wallpaper or retire to Boca Raton, (laughs) the sixth borough of the city of New York. And I crushed him 70 to 30. I I emailed you. 
that night? Yes, you did. And you did not respond to me, by the way. No. <laughs> uh, I emailed you several times during the campaign. Yes, yes, you and did. And usually when I email you, you respond. With I know. A quick, but I, I, was, I, I gotta tell you, we we had so few resources. Right. So few personnel. Remember, Eric Adams comes in with 150 people at his beck and call. I had maybe five people to start with, and it's slowly built from there. So. In, in many instances, I was a one-man band initially, so I, I basically had to prioritize. And you were not the priority at that point, Chris. <laughs> Paying the bills to the campaign responded. was the priority. I was like, come on, man. I'm looking for-. I think you felt like I was slighting you when I said, I'm looking forward to doing some radio with you again. <laughs> yeah, you did. You I, I, wasn't, shiving I wasn't shiving you, man. I was just trying to give you a little reality. Well, a lot of people <laughs> in the campaign trail, Curtis, they can't wait until you get back to WABC. <laughs> I said, how about ask the mayor Friday morning? Mornings, you know, how about that? No, 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 Curtis. We we want you on WABC. I'll tell you what. If you would have been the mayor, it would have been the first time in the history of that program, Ask the Mayor, that people would have actually listened to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It would have been great. Although, I got to tell you, to his credit, uh, Rudy started that trend, and he did a real talk radio program, adversarial, with callers who were giving him grief. Then Bloomberg mailed it in, right? And you see de Blasio with Brian Lair on WNYC. Yeah. Uh, Although Brian is very good. He sticks it to him from time to time. And the callers are good. But that's really what what I believe talk radio is. Not only it's what your opinion is, Chris, which is different than mine oftentimes. Not only is it uh, uh, entertainment and theater of the mind, but it's also the people themselves, the callers. Because they want to they toss their, their concept into the ring. Right, And right. a lot of times they don't get a chance to do that because talk radio hosts and hostesses, they're bombastic. They like yep. to hear themselves talk. So do I. But I like to hear the callers talk, too. Well, we definitely have an ego. That's why we're in this medium, right? I mean, I, I, we couldn't be here if we didn't want to hear ourselves speak. No, and not <laughs> only that. Look. Look at what is there on the windowsill. Look, Chris. All the pigeons, pigeons have followed me. They're here. They're yes. Here. They follow me from place. They see the red beret and the pigeons because I feed them. I'm the pigeon man of New York City. <laughs> they follow me. I think that's, you know, at the end, you're going to be that guy. You're going to be sitting on the bench in the park, feeding pigeons, talking about, you know. Talking to myself. Right. Talking to yourself. <laughs> well, Nancy will still be in her 20s. Oh, Nancy. So it'll be okay. Exactly. So. And that's the other thing. Nancy is with me campaigning. She actually ran in the Upper West Side, first Republican in 10 years, against Gail Brewer, who doesn't know how to do anything other than run for elective office. Right. And people would say, oh, what is it like? To be the daughter of Curtis Sleeve. <laughs> That's what I said when I met All her. All the time. Remember when I met her? Yes. I, you, I, it was deep in the heart of COVID. It was March of 2020. I was coming in to do WABC without you. And I saw you coming out of the subway. And you had Nancy with you. I go, oh, who's this? Your assistant? Your daughter? Your cousin? Everybody thinks, <laughs> unless they know Nancy is my wife, they think that's my daughter. Yes. And they'll ask her, what is it like to be the daughter of Curtis Sleewood? And then I have to correct them, no, that's my wife. And then they go, oh, lucky guy you are. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I'll try not to make fun of that too much. Okay, look, I got a few calls that want to say welcome back to you. You want to take a call? Wait, one thing, though. Okay. We must give tribute to the person who stole my election thunder. On the morning of the election, as you know, I showed up at my polling location with Gizmo. Yes. Gizmo is now an international star. She has her own webpage, her own Facebook profile. I've seen it. Gizmo, the most famous cat in the world who tried to come in with me to vote and was denied. I, I got to tell you, I, was, I saw that and I was like, come on. He's, the, he's running for mayor on the major party line. Let him bring his freaking cat into the Little poll. kitten. It's a little... Th- by the way, the other thing I thought, I was like, the guy's got 18 cats in a two-bedroom apartment on the Upper West no Side. No two bedrooms. It's a studio apartment. You have 18 cats in a studio? 17 cats. Okay. 328-square-foot apartment, <laughs> oh ground level, uh, on the Upper West Side. You would have had 150 cats in Gracie Mansion. It would have been. It would have been. It would have been. And you would have had the Department of Sanitation to clean the, the litter boxes. It would have been. It would have been like euphoric <laughs> for you. It would have been Nirvana. For me. It would have been so Nirvana. Good. Could you imagine? I don't know. We would have had to increase the Department of Sanitation's budget <laughs> just to take care of your cats. And they wouldn't have had to show me a vaccine passport. No, no. They <laughs> would not have had to show me a vaccine passport. It would have been. It would have been something. It was all right. So let's go to the phones. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to Barbara in Brooklyn. She'd like to say hello to you, Curtis. Barbara. 
Welcome home, Curtis. It's about time. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. It's great to be at my oh. home away from home. W-A-B-C. You're home away from home. You know what? I followed your campaign from beginning to end, and I was so proud of you, so proud to be supporting you. And when you gave your concession speech at the end uh, to the elected, you know, mayor, you were so gracious. You oh, yeah, because were... look, look, uh, Barbara, we have to be very clear. Our city has enormous problems that we are facing that I'm a little bit privy to since I had the opportunity to run for mayor. Really, a lot of fiscal problems. Anybody would have been better than Bill de Blasio. Anybody. So now that Eric Adams has clearly won, and I know there are people out there who say, oh, you were cheated, uh, ballot fraud and all that. No, he clearly beat no, me. No, no. Although I did a lot better than previous Republicans and in a lot of places that uh, wasn't expected, especially Asian-American communities and parts of Queens and Brooklyn, not just Staten Island. But I will tell you this. We need to support Eric Adams. He's standing up to Black Lives Matter now. Hawk Newsom, who I know I'm going to be talking about tonight yeah. uh, when I come back from 8 By the way, one. Hawk Newsom, kind of a splinter group. From Black Lives Matter. Oh. Not really a national Black He's Lives Matter He's a Mameluke. He drives a Cadillac Escalade. That's $100,000 retail. <laughs> Let, I'm going to tell the real deal about Could Hawk you imagine Newsom. how many cats he could fit in that Escalade? <laughs> I mean, that would be, that's bigger than your apartment. Yes, you could is. do like 25 cats You're right. There. How do you have a wife in her 20s living in a 300-square-foot apartment? <laughs> I got to tell you, Chris, and I'm going to have her on uh, tonight to explain this. Yes. She has an ability. She can go down a backyard area, and there are no cats, feral cats. She's, She's a cat person, cats. too. Absolutely. And yeah. She makes a sound. 20 cats have come out of nowhere, and they're, like, all purring at her. And she's talking to them, and they're listening. I come by, and they run away from me. It is absolutely incredible the, it's, the it's, kind of feel that she has for cats. It's like you're Batman. And she's the cat woman. Yes. Very good. <laughs> it's kind of, isn't that the image you used to always project back in the 70s? Yeah, but, uh, Pigeon Man. Pigeon, Pigeon man. man and Cat Woman. Pigeon Man and Cat Woman. All right, let me go back to the phone here. Let me go to Nick in Farmingdale out on Long Island. Nick, hope you survived the tornado last night. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Uh, welcome back, Curtis. I'm, not, I'm sure you remember me. Uh, Nick, uh, <laughs> I know many Nicks. Remember your- some you're tried up, to kill up. me. Uh, well, uh, where are you from? Bensonhurst, Dyker <laughs> Heights. Where are you from, Nick? Farmingdale. I don't think. Uh, oh, hey, you might have transplanted <laughs> out there. Witness protection program. Go ahead, Nick. Remember, I was your uh, 15-year-old caller, and I'm almost 16 now. Oh, oh right. wow. That's right. Remember me? I remember you now, Nick. You were spot yeah, on. I, Probably the best I caller I had at 15 years old. There you go. It's not I saying much about the other. No, community. I mean I feel bad for everybody else who's like in their seventies <laughs> and think they know politics. But Nick out here for the good education out on Long Island, he's getting. He's you know he's you got. You pay enough property taxes <laughs> to get a good education. But Nick, what are you doing with yourself now? Oh boy, well I've been uh, very uh, closely following your campaign. I'm extremely proud of you uh, for doing a, a wonderful job running for mayor, and you really. Even though you didn't win, you still brought so much attention to the guardian angels and all that you do. Uh, it's just I think it was still very beneficial to you, and you showed what you're capable of. But I just I really wanted to welcome you back and say I'm here. I'm ready to listen, and uh, so is everyone else in New York and the whole area. Well, stay tuned, Nick. There's some political surprises coming down the pipe. That's oh, all boy. I'm going to say right, to you. Right, some right, political right. surprises. <laughs> I think radio is good for you. Maybe we should kind of <laughs> stick to that. You're very good at radio. I mean, campaigning. I mean, look. I mean, you did. You did. You did what a Repu- you did better than Chris, the last. Guy. I touched on <laughs> subjects that Republicans generally don't talk about. I got it. Emotionally disturbed, homeless, no kill shelters, universal I, basic I, income. I wish you would have let me look at those commercials before you. <laughs> yeah, but you see, you're you're too much of a political wonk. Yeah, I mean, I would have helped you with. No, the, no, I would have said, "Hey, man, don't the, run these, that commercial." The, no, no, <laughs> these pulled on people's emotions, and that's the most important thing. They're memorable. Two years from now, people will still remember those commercials, especially with little tuna in my hand, (laughs) the neurologically impaired kitten. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. If you want to say hi to Curtis, you got another topic. We got a lot to talk about. I'm with Curtis till four, then he's here till five, and then I think he's going to be here all night. I think he's moving in. He doesn't want to go back to the cats. I'll be back 10 to (laughs) 1. All right, give give us a call at 1 800 848 9222. That's 1 800 848 WABC. 
It's the right versus the left. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Sliwa. In the left corner, it's liberal activist Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. On uh, New York's news and talk station, 77 WABC. I, I knew the guy in the Rangers jersey would give me a bad cue to come back. 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go, Islanders. Curtis, we're welcoming you back here for at least 10 more minutes. Anyway, I, I hate the then, Islanders. I love the Rangers. Yeah, well, you Always know, have. If you were a kid growing up on Long Island in the 80s as I was, you would oh, love man. the I mean, Islanders. That's the only reason you paid attention to <laughs> Long was, Island. It was because of the Islanders. It was, it was an amazing Trots, thing. Trots, pot fan. Mike Bossy, Billy the Butcher, Bobby Nystrom. Come on, baby. It was a great team. Great team. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Judith in Brooklyn. has got a question for you, Curtis. Hey. Hi, Curtis. How are you? Oh, last time I saw Judy, she was out there in Borough Park on 13th Avenue and 50th, correct? Absolutely. I shopped there. I was shopping. There's great stores. And that guy, Isaac, um, I was doing some stuff. He sells jewelry and stuff. And I was in the middle of this thing. And I turned around, take a look. And there you are. And I got so excited. And I tried to take care of you guys. I brought you vegetable soup. I hope it was good. Oh, no, it was because my, my voice was fading. Judy, it was like my Florence Nightingale. And, I mean, the chicken soup was like liquid penicillin. And, by the way, I won Borough Park. I won the Orthodox Voltaire. Although, my friends, the Lubavitch, turned on me <laughs> in Crown Heights. And, hey, what happened in Williamsburg? My friends in Williamsburg, they crushed me. But not Borough Park. They Borough were with Park you. voted for me, the majority. Midwood, Flatbush, Brighton Beach. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Curtis, Curtis, listen, listen, I want to ask you a question. And I know everyone loved Everyone said they voted for you, and I know they did. So um, it's our loss. It really is. Yeah, in a but way. T- Judith, Eric the problem is this is what you got to learn. If you would have voted for me twice, I'd be the mayor of the city of New York now. All of my Stop the deal. Vote for me twice, and I would have been the mayor. Look at the analytics, the numbers. Yeah, if they would have voted for you twice, you would have won. I mean, it, 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 what is on, what Chris. is with this? Why Democrats don't they get, let people Democrats vote Democrats get to vote from wherever they are. They get to vote twice, three times, four stop. times. Come on. Stop, stop, stop. Look, I, I know how it feels. You know, when I was 22, mm. I was a little bit older than your wife. I ran for county legislature <laughs> out on Long Island. And everybody I met was voting for me. Everybody's voting for you, right? And you lose. And you're like, what happened? It hurts. And even if you know you're going to lose, and I, and, and I know in, the, in your heart of hearts, you campaigned hard. You knew it was an uphill battle. You knew you'd probably lose, especially when Adams got nominated. You might have had a much better chance against oh, somebody further to the Maya left. Maya Wiley, yes. Yeah, then I mean, you, you had a race. You would have had a, a, a way to kind of differentiate between There's the No teams, doubt. I right? would have licked my chops right, for that Right, right, right. But it didn't happen. Right. But you're out there, you're campaigning, and everybody wants to tell you how great you are. Everybody says you're impressive. Everybody and how they're going to vote for you. Exactly. And then you realize only 20, 25 percent of the people actually voted. So that's almost impossible because you were probably part of the 75 percent right. who didn't even vote. Right, right. Vote. Like, oh, it was Election Day. Oh, I was going to vote for you. I forgot. <laughs> I was out on the island shopping at Woodbury Commons or something. That's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm going to Well, they still God. come up to me. Hey, you know, I'm going to be voting for you for mayor. I said, the election is <laughs> over, pal. I lost. I, I had a situation when I ran. Uh, I was running. I was originally supposed to run against a woman who'd been in office for 20 years. She wow. died. And I'm thinking, I'm called by God. I'm going to win this election. They nominate her son. And I'm out there. I'm working my butt off. I'm working. I'm 22. I think I could win. I'm like, oh, I'm called by God. I'm going to do this. And I'm at this Meet the Candidates night one night, and I give this speech. My opponent didn't even, wouldn't even show up to these things. And I, and I meet this little old lady afterwards. She's like, oh, you're such a wonderful person. You have such a bright future. And I go, so can I count on your vote, Tuesday? She goes, I couldn't do that to Rose. <laughs> Like, Rose is dead. I'm running against her son. <laughs> and I would hear that all the time. And it drove me nuts. Or I would hear from people who say, you know, I'm a lifelong Democrat. You're the kind of Republican I could vote for. I said, so can I expect your vote? Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. Not this time. No, 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 no. I like it when they're honest. Yes. I appreciate the honesty when people tell you, nah, you know what? I'm not going to vote for you. I'm not going to vote for you. Uh, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Gail. Oh, let me go to Larry in Brooklyn. Larry in Brooklyn. Hi there, Curtis. Welcome back. By the way, Chris, you're a real nice guy when you're not talking politics. <laughs> Thanks, man. You're, you're Curtis. No, 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 Larry, let me straighten you out. I've known Chris for many years. He's been my partner on three occasions. He is extraordinarily entertaining. 
He's a happy-go-lucky guy. Obviously, if you're going to get into a, a chokehold with Chris <laughs> on politics, he's going to choke back. But the guy is extraordinarily upbeat, unlike a lot of previous partners I've had. <laughs> Manic depressive, so I'm not going to mention names. But go ahead. Uh, how can anybody be depressed when they're sitting in a studio, especially these studios they built here for us? I mean, these are like, I've never been to a radio no. studio. It's, it's, it's nicer than Fox. Magnificent. Yeah. I mean, it's a magnificent. How could you be depressed when you're, when you're given the opportunity? To just talk to the world. I mean, it's it's fantastic. But yes, Larry, look, you don't agree with me, but trust me, if you met me, you'd love me. <laughs> right. I, also, I also want to say, unlike you're also unlike the guy last night who was terribly disrespectful to Curtis, and I followed up on the air and defended you, Curtis. Thank you, Frankie. Frankie Russo. Frankie Russo. Good thing you got off the air, and I told him, well, what are you talking about? You dissed the guy. You know, what do you expect him to do? No, you know? no, I introduced him because he's JV. I introduced him to Mr. Click. He was in the <laughs> middle of a sentence and hadn't even realized that I hung up on him. Oh, my what God. What a What is Yadru? Was he being mean to you, Frank? No, Russell? no. I was actually very complimentary to him because he had on Al Bandiro. Yeah, yeah. One of the greatest radio voices of all time in the age of disco, WKTU, along with Joe Causey. I could go through everybody. And it was such an outstanding interview, and I praised him to the max. Then we started talking about Cuomo. He's going, oh, you anti-Italian. I say, hey, schmuck, putz. Hey, uh, Andrew, I send them a to you provenance for cheap. And like your father, you are. And I've been proven correct, right? Have I not been proven correct, Chris? Uh, you know, y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was defending Cuomo. <laughs> Frankie I, Russo. Def- defending him for what? For, well, for what happened? Only because he was Italian. Oh, okay. All right. So but, I'm hey, Italian, too. I'm Italian. I'll tangle with him again. I'll tangle with yeah, him Yeah, because Frank is not a disrespectful. Oh, hey, he's, he's got that Newsmax thing going he's on. JV. He's JV. He's JV. He's got to up his game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But he's good. He, I'm telling you, he's, his callers are entertaining. He's entertaining. I love it because it's theater of the mind. So from Frank Morano, yeah. who has his own form of theater of the mind, late at night, to Frankie Russo on the weekends, radio has never been better on WABC. They're doing a lot of good things here. Uh, you know, and they're trying new stuff. John Katzmatidis. The moment yeah. I said theater of the mind, he clicked. He said, it's exactly what I want this radio station to be. People have to understand. Listeners, hosts alike. We're not trying to win a war here. We're trying to have a conversation, a national conversation. My, I, I like to talk national politics. I don't talk local politics. Uh, I like to talk national politics. And I like to get into a conversation. But I also want to entertain you. I don't want to be here. I don't want to bore you to death. I want you to listen to the radio. Keep listening to it. Thanks. Thanks for your call, Larry. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Why don't we take a quick break, and why don't we come back and talk a little bit about politics. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers. We'll talk about what it, I'll let. I'll tell you what. Curtis's choice. You're back. It's your first day back here. You're try, I mean, I know you're going to be on for 10 hours tonight. But we come back. What do you, we'll talk about <laughs> no, from ten to one. Yeah. I mean, after the Sinatra program with Joe Piscopo, <laughs> and then great article in the Post about Dean Martin. An incredible article about the history of Dean Martin, and uh, I believe his daughter who hosts a program here. That, oh, you, it's great entertainment here at WABC. You don't want to miss yeah, it. Yeah, they got a lot going on. A lot of different things going. On. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. Curtis and Chris, we're going to talk a little politics. Uh, I'll be I'll be nice to you, Curtis. I think, <laughs> I think it's time. I think you need to. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. It's the right versus the left in the right corner. It's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa in the left corner. It's liberal activist Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two 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 one eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Curtis and Chris with you till four o'clock. Then Curtis goes till five, and then Curtis will be back ten to one. He's going to go home and feed those cats. It's going to take him four hours, I guess, to do that. <laughs> Change the litter box. <laughs> Change the litter box. I get you don't have this Department of Sanitation to help <laughs> no. you with it anymore. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's why he was running. Oh the man! Secret- that been, oh, imagine Gracie Mansion. I could have had all those rescue cats that would not have been euthanized at their shelter, and I would have had the pit bulls in the yard. Yeah, because they get euthanized all the you time. You could have turned Gracie Mansion into a Noah's no- Ark. Kill shelter. No, with, with global warming and climate change, right? It would have been yeah, Noah's Ark. Yeah. It's on a high part in the city, <laughs> so it would have been okay. <laughs> you know what? I got a lot of people who want to talk to you, so I'm going to just keep going with it. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. Let me go to Barbara out on Long Island, my favorite part of the uh, of the area. How you doing, Barbara? It's Aunt Barbara. Aunt Barbara. Yep. My Aunt Barbara. That's right. <laughs> okay. You don't sound Chris. like my Aunt Barbara. <laughs> 
It's Aunt Barbara. I I don't know. Uncle Joe's wife. Uncle Joe's ex-wife. No, he he passed away. Remember? Oh my God! Oh my God! Oh my! How you doing, Chris? Chris, I am so proud of you. (laughs) My father and I right now are in. I'm at my dad's house in Deer Park, and my bad dad's a real big fan of you, Curtis. Well, thank you, thank you. To you. Uh, you know, I, 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 I got to apologize for Chris. He's a little mature. <laughs> you, you know, not, not realizing who his relatives You know, are. Aunt Barbara, you could have called me off the air. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I'm getting a little well, embarrassed know, here. It's like, my dad and I are listening to the program because we wanted to hear you both. <laughs> and we're sitting here. And my father said, why don't you call? Well, there you go. Well, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Let what, me ask you. Let me ask you yeah. a question. Uh, she called from Deer Park. Yes. Uh, the water, Deer Park. Is that actually from the aquifers of I, Deer Park? I, God, I hope not. <laughs> I mean, God, have you ever been to Deer Park? No, I know. I it, mean, it's like a strip I, mall. I, the holes, the I whole truly park. believe that people in Long Island are ubats, titched, because they drink the water from the aquifer that also sometimes is mixed with the sump holes, the cesspools. I mean, there's something well, wrong with you It comes from folks. a different layer of the earth, the Magathy no, aquifer. It's, it's down. more Suffolk. It's yeah. more a Suffolk it's issue than that. It's way down in but the bottom. still, I remember what it was like to get into a cesspool with my Uncle Steve and clean it out. Yeah, but you see where the water from the city of New York comes from? It's like caught from rainwater up in New Paltz, and then they pipe it into the city. People are swimming in that thing. They take their boats in there. They go fishing in it. At least ours is coming from, like, you know, uh, a glacier. Me, I would much rather drink from the tap than the aquifer out in Long Island. Yeah, I, I don't know. You I know, like with, the- all of a sudden I end up with three heads, four eyes. <laughs> Come on, you know, you know the tradition of Long Island water. It's it's it is. There's there's been a lot of battles over water on Long Island. It's part of the, it's part of. The, there's a battle between Nassau and Suffolk County over the Lloyd Aquifer that's been raging for years. It's in court. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight WABC. Let me go to Dan in San Antonio, Texas. Dan, how you doing? Hey, doing all right. I appreciate uh, y'all taking my call, Curtis. I just wanted to pass along that uh, I was sitting there. And I'm kind of a uh, political file and uh, enjoy all the uh, uh, activities going around the country, certainly during this uh, crazy time that we're going through with this uh, uh, FJB administration. But uh, uh, I saw a, a video of you down in, I think it was the Dante's Inferno area, and uh, you showed your compassion. And uh, that struck me like a bullet between the eyes. And I said, man, I've got to support a man like that. And uh, so I did, and I wished you the best, and uh, uh, really appreciate, um, if nothing else, that politics aside that you showed your humanity. And, uh, again, like I said, uh, you got a fan for life down here in San Antonio, Texas. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dan. I spent some time in south side of San Antonio and the projects. They're all, they all low level. But, boy, have they had some serious problems. And what he's referring to is – the emotionally disturbed persons that I've spent a lot of time with. Our old studios at WABC was right above Penn yep. Station. And I, I and the Guardian Angels were a fixture there because we'd be caring for the emotionally disturbed and the homeless, especially when the lockdown, lockdown and pandemic came. And secular and religious organizations left because they were frightened. Let's yeah. face it, they didn't know what well, would happen. Well, it's kind of like COVID. the evolution of the Guardian Angels to me. Like, so when I was a kid, seeing yeah. you on WABC with Ernie Anastos uh, <laughs> back in the day. Good old Ernie. Yeah, love Ernie. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys were there to kind of like protect people on the subways. And you still do that to some extent, but there is a larger kind of more humanitarian evolution of the organization where you are actually out there trying to care for these homeless people, many of whom are veterans and other, you know, people yes. who have lived a life and yes. then, you know, had something bad happen to them, wind up down there, or they have some mental issue that, that has them down there. Um, you know, it is the evolution that, that, that kind of makes you a different kind of person. Well, remember, I was brought up uh, by both my father and mother, especially me and my dad, when it came to the emotionally disturbed and homeless. In the 60s, uh, he's a merchant seaman for 55 years. He would take me to the Bowery. Right now, you need a reverse mortgage just to get a parking spot. Right. But then, then it was all missions and flop houses and what they called derelicts and bums and people who were uh, strung out on alcohol. Yep. And he knew some of the men there because he had formerly been merchant seamen. He'd right. be having conversations. And I was appalled. 
And when he saw that, I was like almost pulling away from him. And he goes, Curtis, there by the grace of God goes you. Right. Or me or anyone else at any moment. And I'd be listening to the conversations. These men were lucid. They had backgrounds. They had stories. Some of it would break your heart. Right. And now you understood that they were lost souls and they needed to be recovered. And my father said, you need to devote your life to helping these lost souls. And that stuck with me. Well, you know what? We always say there, but for the grace of God, especially in this industry, right, where I think, like me, you probably have the same thought, man, anybody could do this job. No, uh, no, I know I, that. that. That's not that. <laughs> when are they going to find me out and throw me out? Right. I mean, that's right. I, I think that all the time. Right. I, I have that that worry. Like, when are they going to find me out and throw me out? I've, every job I've ever had. I felt that way. Uh, and there but for the grace of God go I. And sure. you've even said you've spoken about just this week when you did the press conference here at WABC. You talked about how you were down on your luck for a little while. You're living in your office here at WABC. Living, uh, sleeping on the floor at WABC, making a lot of money. Uh, But as people know, there are consequences for your actions. I had a lot of child support payments, and it left me almost nothing after the support payments. And naturally, the divorce lawyers lined up to get paid. In fact, a little side story. I went for a chronic Crohn's disease operation at Columbia Presbyterian, eight and a half hours. uh, That Margot Katsimatidis and John Katsimatidis helped get me along with my wife, Nancy. And these lawyers had the culions, the huevos, to call up in advance and say, remember, we get paid first before the surgeons. Wow. I mean, they were bloodsuckers. Wow. They literally were trying to take blood from you. Well, you're a lawyer. You know what it's like. Well, you know, it is what it is, man. There are several lawyers out there whose kids you've put through college, and they are very, (laughs) very grateful. And a lot of cops, remember. (laughs) This was one election where everybody was talking about Rikers Island and getting arrested. I've been arrested 76 times in the first years of the Guardian Angels. Koch did not like me. The transit union went out of their way to arrest me. I spent time on Rikers Island. So I'd be listening to all these new jacks talk about Rikers Island. I said I was locked up C-74, C-76 in the dorms, in my own cell. I can tell you what it's like in there. Well, I saw the movie The Night Of. Which was based on a guy in Rikers Island. Yeah. So I think I know as much about it as uh, you do. No. no. <laughs> I'd like to take you into the general population and turn you loose. No, no. You'll end up being some guy's mate. <laughs> that, that is quite okay, man. That's quite all right. I, I don't have the uh, boxing ability. Even with one arm, I don't think I could take you Trust right me, now. there'd be 40 <laughs> guys all over you, Chris. <laughs> uh, you know, look, I'll stop working out, and it won't be as bad. <laughs> take the hat off. Nobody wants me. <laughs> so, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. All right, let's get some people here that want to talk about some issues going on here let's go to uh let's go to john in staten island john how you doing hey how you doing there chris curtis i'm glad you're back you know you just you're always good on the radio and you always help people out hey chris you know you used to work for schumer right i did okay so schumer wants to throw in this uh salt bill so all these millionaires are going to get deducted taxes on 12 states so what about the other 39, 40 states that don't get anything? Are you going to be a willing share? I mean, shouldn't we all get reduced? Well, 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 you know, look, New York is a donor state. We give $1.75 to the federal government more than we take out. And they t- Donald Trump, two years ago, took away the SALT tax to punish New York, the SALT tax deduction. It, it, it was not a fair bill. And what Schumer and other people from New York State's delegation are trying to do is trying to say, hey, look, New York's a high-tax state. Florida's a high—excuse me, Texas is a high-tax state. California, New Jersey. They want to have that deduction put back in so that people from New York State are not pay, getting getting hit twice in their tax bill. And I think that's a reasonable thing. Yeah, but be honest. Uh, the reason he wants to put that back into play is so more New Yorkers won't be leaving New York to North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, Texas, Georgia, and especially Florida, which don't have anywhere near the kind of taxes Look, as I'll, New York I'll, or New Jersey I'll, or Connecticut. I'll tell my friend from Staten Island this. It takes a lot of money to run that ferry for free back and forth across. Oh, you want to take uh, that away? Well, that, what do you think? You know who gave us that? Rudy gave us that. Guy Molinari gave People's us that. People's taxes pay for that. Shouldn't they be able to deduct that from their federal taxes? Let me taxes? ask you a question about Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, the guy you worked for. <laughs> he is moving so far to the left. He endorsed the socialist Democrat for mayor that got beat by Brown in a write-in. Very difficult to do a write-in. And yet Brown uh, was able to beat her handily. What was he doing endorsing us? Is he? Af- he's afraid of AOC. All our crazy I, I, Alexander I, look, I, I think Chuck Schumer's doing a great job for New York. 
I think he's doing a great job. But he's moved country. all the way to the left. And I think, look, it's the job. If you're a leader in the Democratic Party and somebody wins a Democratic primary, you endorse them. He's a friend. And I think that's he's never been challenged. Has nah, he? I don't know about that. Well, who are the last three people to have actually challenged him on the Republican side? Can you name them? Well, one of them I was working for him. Uh, it was a guy named Miller, I think. I don't know. We got yeah, seventy-two and a half percent of the vote. Guys, never been challenged. Other than Alphonse Ali Boy D'Amato, well, he unseated Ali Boy D'Amato. That was a pretty big, big hill. To that climb. was a big, and, there were, and it was a five-way primary. But he hasn't been challenged since. He's basically been given an easy pass to re-election. It is hard to run against a guy that works as hard as Chuck Schumer does and delivers as much for forty-seven percent in the polls. Take a look at it. Well, try running against him. See hey, how that works out. Hey, t- trust <laughs> me. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. Chuck Schumer is a hardworking guy. He has been to every corner of this state 30, 40 times. You're getting a little tired of Chuck. It's yeah. been a little too long. Uh, He's supposed to hey, look, look, for man, I just spent an hour being nice to you. Don't be messing with Chuck Schumer. <laughs> okay. Don't make me come over there, Curtis. You only got one arm. <laughs> so I'll be coming over. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. One eight hundred eight four eight W A B C. Uh, let me go to G.I. Jack and Hackensack. What a name. Jack, yeah, you're on the air with Curtis all, and Chris. Uh, one of the only times, probably the only time I was ever in agreement with Chris Hahn is that a substantial amount of the homeless are American veterans. Fifty percent half of the homeless men and women in America, God help them, are American veterans. And there shouldn't be one in the richest, greatest country I in the agree. World. It's a stain on this country that there are any veterans that are living without a home or not getting the proper care that they deserve. And at least Curtis is out there making a difference, as I do in my American Marine Mongrel, helping and making a difference. And New York did it to themselves again. 1933, LaGuardia, as a Republican, cleans up the mess of Tannemey Hall, liberal Democrat. And 1965, John Lindsay, summer Republican, cleans up the mess of the liberals. And 1993... Oh, hold up. G.I. Jack cleans up the mess of the liberals. He was the ultimate liberal. He ended up winning re-election on the liberal party line because the Republicans ousted him for John Markey, state senator in Staten Island. And remember, it was Mario Procaccino who actually coined the phrase limousine liberal. You do remember, though, that the liberal party line back then was not exactly a liberal party line. It was well, no, a... No, actually, it was, uh, it was very progressive. It was Alex Rose, uh, uh, you know, the old American Labor Party, almost communistic. He needed that line because the Republicans ousted him. And when he had that line and the Mets won the Miracle 69 series right. against the Baltimore Orioles, he instantly became a New York Mets fan. John Lindsay knew nothing about <laughs> so baseball. So I, I wasn't alive in 1969. You weren't birthed. I wasn't birthed yet. My mom was 15. I remember I watching 14. it. 14. I remember <laughs> watching it unfold. Well, I, what I'm saying is the Liberal Party line, before it was eliminated here in New York State, it kind of wasn't really a ideological no, well, let, me, let, let me teach you, okay? So you had Alex Rose and Dave Dubinsky. Right. Yeah, David Dubinsky was uh, the Hatters Union. Strong union connections. They had come out of the old American Labor Party. The Henry Wallace was the candidate, remember, had been the vice president yep. for Roosevelt and ousted, ran against Truman, siphoned some votes, a far, far left. That was a strong line to run on, not the Liberal Party line that Rudy Giuliani ran right, on to right, beat right, David Dinkins right. because David Dinkins was the liberal. Remember the great liberal Rudy Giuliani <laughs> who I debated once on the Ingram angle and they still play the clip? Let me tell you, that <laughs> line won him the mayoral. Of course it did. The conservatives ran a guy, George Marlin, got 1%. Right. 1% George Marlin almost cost Rudy the election the second time around against David Dinkins. And the conservatives ran a guy, Joe Pepitone, this time, who I loved as a Yankee. A great I remember man. in 64, he had 25 home runs, 100 RBIs, great first baseman. But I don't know where they found Joe Pepitone. They ran him, and he got like 1% of the vote this time. Well, look, I mean, it was a oh, long wait, time. Wait, oh, that was his nephew. That's right, Bill Pepitone. <laughs> I love Joe Pepitone. There's a lot of Pepitones out there. I love Joe Pepitone. Pepitone. What a name. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. It's the right versus the left. In the right corner, it's heavyweight king Curtis Lewa. In the left corner, it's liberal activist Christopher Hahn. It's a 77 WABC debate. Heavyweight slugfest. All right, we're back. Curtis and Chris on 77 WABC, 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. I'm with you till the top of the hour. Then Curtis is going to take you till 5, and then he'll be back again at 10, going all the way to 1 a.m. I'll be, I'll be fast asleep. Yeah, and I'll turn the baton over to Frank Morano. Yeah, baby. The other I'll, side of midnight, theater I, of the mind. I like Frank Morano. He's good. 
He's a good guy. He, oh, he's he, excellent. He, he is wrong on movie sequels. We, we had this conversation, him and I, him well, and I about a year You should actually do a program where you critique movies, old and new. I think so. People love that. I love it. I love it. I love talking about movies. But you know what? I think you want to talk about something else right now. We yeah. Got, we got a few more minutes. I want to talk a little politics. I want to ask you, okay, so the great definer between a political ideology stops at the supermarket checkout. Yeah. Line. So I shop Christides, which our owner-operator, John Katsimatidis, uh, owns uh, along with so many other entities. But let's say it's a ShopRite or it's any other supermarket. I- I'm watching people, like, almost faint mm. when they get the ticket tape. Yep. Of exactly how much normal prices have increased, not just at the gas pump, but bread and butter, the basics. And they're like asking the cashier, you, you, sure, you want to check this? Boy, that's quite an increase. How do the Democrats overcome that going into the midterm elections? Because, you know, bread and butter issues always trump <laughs> I, yeah. everything else. I mean, it's the economy, stupid, right? That's the, that's the sl- slogan from Clinton. It's true today. It's always true. There's not a lot that the president can do about prices. We live in a capitalist economy, and all the people who are going to blame him for prices are the same people who were calling him a socialist during the last election. But look, it is his problem politically, even if he can't solve it. So what does he do? Well, first thing he's got to do is try to figure out a way to get the supply chain open up, which is really slowing some things down. And there are signs that that's starting to happen. Second thing he's got to do is hope that the markets react quickly to the increase in in demand that we've had over the last year. Remember, last year this time, people were still locked in their houses. They weren't out buying things. They weren't out driving their cars. I would drive into the city to WABC and park right outside. I had to put it in the garage today, which really annoyed me, by the way. Uh, And it's it's, (laughs) I I looked and looked. Diplomatic parking all over here. What the heck? I'm a New Yorker. Let me park. Uh, So, but, but. There is an issue, and whether or not the president can solve it or it's his fault, it is his problem. But with all this money being flushed into the economy and coming on the heels of all the stimulus, the unemployment, there's so much money out there that if people are spending the money, the inflation is going to keep going up and up and up and up because they're not banking it. They're going out there and they're spending it. Well, that's good for the economy, right? In one way. But the inflation, though, is really triggering up. I don't think the inflation has to do with people spending the money. I think it's really a supply-side inflation problem. We have a problem getting things to market. The oil industry, for example, has not quickly adjusted to the demand of this year. They had reset based on la- remember last year you could buy a barrel of oil for free. You could you'd actually they'd actually pay you to take a barrel of oil at one point last year. Now oil's up sixty, seventy dollars a barrel. Yeah, well, you know, somebody so, closed the pipeline, almost threatened to close the second pipeline. Yeah, I mean pipeline. that's a nice talking point. It's a nice right wing talking point. But right, there but is you no, see when people hear that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the one pipeline was closed. Then you see a price increase. And even though you may make the argument they're not connected to the average consumer, it's like, well, wait a second. When that pipeline was open, I was paying far less at the pump. One thing I will always say about Democrats, they always get behind on the messaging by trying to just tell the truth about what's going on. Republicans are all about perception. Here's the perception. He closed the pipeline. Your gas prices went up. Democrats will say, hey. Uh, you know, we didn't really, that had nothing to do with it. They'll try to get into the details of why this is not impacting the price. And by the time you finished the conversation, the people tuned out well, already. The other Achilles heel that uh, President Joe Biden has is Buttigieg, uh, who is the Secretary of Transportation. Uh, he's been on paternity leave. He's back. Uh, I know. But it, it, the, 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 uh, the, the look was really bad. Uh, at a time when there was a crisis, when you're looking at all these uh, cargo container ships and these oil tankers back to back, belly to belly on the West Coast, waiting to come into port. And you say, where is the transportation? I, I get it. But the Department of Transportation uh, will run without Pete Buttigieg or anybody else at it. Polly Trottenberg, who's the deputy secretary of transportation, oh my used, God, to, she used did, to be the commissioner here yeah, in New York. She destroyed Good friend the of Department mine. of she, Transportation She's a fantastic, fantastic uh, More bikes than fantastic cars, right? Fantastic person. By the way, that, that started well before Polly Trottenberg and the Bloomberg administration. God, you, mentioned, so. you mentioned the Blasioite. That, that <laughs> makes me want to impale myself with this microphone. Look, Polly left the Blasio. <laughs> Purposefully. Okay, so let's just be clear. She's in a better place now. She's a brilliant person when it comes to transportation issues, and she's going to solve, help solve some of these problems. But look, 
anybody has an opportunity to have a baby, you want to be able to bond with that baby. I know you've got like 17 kids and 25 cats. You wanted to bond with them. Every time you get a cat, <laughs> Cat Sabatini is going to give you a day off to go you know, nurse the cat or whatever yeah, you do no, with the there cat. There won't be any cat paternity No, you don't leave. get no. cat paternity no, leave here? No, 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 I no. thought that was in your contract. No, no, I thought you got a new deal. Even though John loves cats more than any other human being I've ever met. Uh, no, I will not be getting cat paternity leave. No that's cat, for sure. no cat. Paternity? I just had four kittens that were just birthed by a mother cat that we had rescued out in Canarsie. That's our animal sanctuary in the house my mom and dad used to own. That is now a guardian angel headquarters. We have a sanctuary there for feral cats. Four new little kittens. How many brought cats into the are world. in that sanctuary? Uh, there's about a good eight now. That's it. These are feral. There are cats. less cats at your sanctuary than in your apartment. Yeah, because they're feral cats. They can only live outdoors. They cannot be domesticated. Got it. So why are they living there at all? Because uh, when you have rat, mice, and rodent problems, that is the best deterrent at all. Forget the pesticides, the dry eyes. Forget drowning rats. This is a, a cat, a bodega cat, is the best deterrent to a rat or mice pro, uh, pro, uh, problem that you might have. Should try it out there, Chris. I'm, I'm, I'm sure those two-legged rats who uh, live in matzo pizza out there, not far from I'm you. I'm way out, man. I'm out in Stony Brook. Oh, way, way, Stony way Brook. out, way, way, way out on the island. Way, it's like it's like. Well, it's 45 miles from here, but it might as well be 500 uh, miles from Stony here. Stony Brook University <laughs> has become Little Red China there, right? With all the their students who have come from mainland China there. I got to tell you something. They just opened up a Vietnamese place. Have you ever had Vietnamese food? Yes. It is great. Mm. I don't know why I waited this long in life to try it. I, I, it was one of the... Look, it, could, it's the great eye-opener for yeah, me. You could have gone to North Vietnam for your hero there, Chiang Kai-shek. <laughs> My hero. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I get called a socialist by people like you who I know I'm better at capitalism than. I mean, I know I'm better at capitalism than you. I, I never slept in my I say, office. Did I say Chiang Hai-shek? That's Taiwan. <laughs> come Hold on, on Jay. Ho Chi Minh. Come out. Of, Ho Chi Minh with your little red book there. Oh, come on, Chris. With I'm, not Fonda, I'm not Jane the one. I'm not the one. Fonda under the gun turret going, take this, American uh, uh, John McCain. Da, 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 I'm da, da, not da. the one wearing the red beret and the sateen jacket, oh, by the like way. like Hugo Chavez, right? Formerly <laughs> of Venezuela. I, I don't know who, who, who turned you on by to the that By the way, whoever convinced him to get cancer surgery in Havana and not Miami? Huh? Well, he didn't think he'd come home from Miami either for different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think that might have been part of the part of the thing. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848. Take a couple more calls before we get out of here, before I get out of here. You're going to be here all night. Yes. So. yes you're going to take a break. Are you going to sleep in the break room or are you going to go somewhere else? No, no. I got to go home. And remember, I got to change the litter boxes and feed all the cats. <laughs> You got to help Nancy with her homework. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You got to do a little bit of that, make lunch for tomorrow before you go out. Yeah, she went to Stony Brook. I think she's still going to Stony Brook. <laughs> That's How old do you say Nancy is? I always say she's like in her early 20s, right? 21, 22. I know, she looks I know, it. By the way, I'm joking. I know that she's of age. I know that she's probably 30. Do you know <laughs> that she won't tell me how old she is? I have no idea how old Nancy is. Yeah, yeah. That picture of you and her on her profile page, she kind of looks like she's your daughter. No offense. People just, have said, hey, <laughs> you're robbing from the cradle? What's wrong with you, Curtis? I don't know, man. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Carol in New Jersey. Carol, you're on with Curtis and Chris. I'm so great that the both of us, happy that the both of you were back on the air. Well, we're happy to be back. Yes, thank you. Um, I was going to talk about uh, de Blasio running for governor. I mean, is that insanity or what? <laughs> I don't know if I call it insanity. I'd call it hubris. <laughs> I don't know what I well, uh, Carol, actually, I, I thanked him for going on that four-month sabbatical when he was uh, chasing cornstalks uh, through middle America like Don Quixote swinging at windmills. Remember, he left New York City for four months. We, we were actually run better by his deputy mayors when he was attempting to win the Democratic uh, primary nomination. That failed. He will have no chance at winning a Democratic nomination to be governor. None whatsoever. But let him knock himself out. Let him knock himself out. You know, he's got nothing else to do. Well, that, <laughs> you know. wherever he goes, he gets booed. If you notice, in the waning days uh, of his mayoralty, in which he has single-handedly destroyed the city that we love, he no longer even walks in Prospect Park. We, right there by Park Slope, he had a lot of friends and allies. They boo him. So he goes to Greenwood Cemetery in Sunset Park. And even the skeletons want to escape their mausoleums <laughs> and their crypts to boo Bill de Blasio. Two he's hours a day, booed. he walks around. Uh, you Everywhere. Sure they, you sure they're not just saying boo? 
<laughs> I think you're hearing you're hearing something different than me. I don't know. Everybody just, hates you know, let, let, let the go. Let spices him. It's and over. Loaves, it's over. Let him go. Let him go. It's Please, fine. back to Cambridge. It's become an adjunct professor. Fine. Ruin a whole new generation of poli-sci students at Harvard University. Please, out of out of New York City. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-WABC. Let me go to Steven the Bronx. Steven, how you doing? You're on with Curtis and Chris. Yeah, hi, yeah, hi guys. Um, listen, I just, I just want to say, you know, ever since this bail reform bill passed that Cuomo signed uh, a while ago, I never saw any outrage. I never saw anyone angry about it. I mean, that's why, that's why that convinced me that people don't care. They like what's happening now. That's why your numbers were so pathetically low. I think they like what's happening now, and they don't well, want to change it. Steve, I got I to gotta correct you. We're talking to Mr. Long Island here. <laughs> a race in Nassau County with one Todd Kaminsky, who had the uh, coulions, uh, to think that he could become the DA of Nassau County, the author of the Nobel Bill. And he just got destroyed and probably took down the entire Democratic uh, machine with him. It, it in was Nassau an issue County. not just in Nassau County. It was an issue in Suffolk County. And the DA in Suffolk County, a Democrat, came out against bail yes. reform. Yes. But, you know, the voters didn't discriminate. They're like, Democrats passed bail reform in Albany. They but gave you the judges no, con- no the discretion. Author, right. There he is. He's state senator. He had a safe seat. Nothing was going to happen. He decided, I got a safe seat, but I'm going to run for DA just to rub salt in the wounds. Didn't realize that all these folks in Nassau County said, you, you're the author of this Nobel bill. And they took it out on him and all the other Democrats because he thought he could be D.A. Well, we'll see what happens with the county executive race. There's 23,000 absentees that yet they haven't even opened them yet. They haven't started counting in Nassau County, and she's down by 11,000 votes. We've seen 80% absentees for Democrats across Long Island over the last, in so Suffolk mean, County. There is a chance that Paul McCartney may end up being the Nassau County executive? Uh, it's not Paul McCartney. With all those ropes of dope that he smokes? <laughs> it's not Paul McCartney. Oh, that's right. I forgot. I forgot. Shh. We shouldn't say that, okay? <laughs> hey, at least it's not Ringo, right? At least it's not Ringo. I mean, that's true. I mean, that's if Nancy true. left you for Paul McCartney, look. At least we learned one thing from Paul lately. It wasn't Yoko who broke up the Beatles, right? It was not Yoko. No, I mean, Paul has been saying it's not Yoko. I mean, he has been very open. He's like, look. I should have been better with Yoko. This guy was in love with her, and he was clearly in love with her. Brought other things. He blamed John. He didn't blame Yoko. Guy loved talk radio. Used to walk over to the studios at WMCA, knock on the door, knock on the door. And Alex Bennett was doing a show at night, and he'd walk right in and start conversing right, with him, right on the air. John Lennon, man. Could you imagine if And he you was know still who alive? his board engineer was? Who? Dino Mike. Well, man, this has been fun for me, Curtis. I've, uh, it's been, next time I won't be as nice. But I'll always be it's respectful. Been a mood elevator for our listeners. I think everybody's happy to have you back. I'm happy to be back. They're happy you're back too, I'm Chris. I'm all happy. Everybody's happy. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-WABC. Curtis will take you till 5. I'm Chris Hahn. I'm at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Thanks for listening. Curtis, take it away. Great rejoin. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.